to the Simply His Coffee Shop. Today, we are going to be talking about Halloween. So around the topic of Halloween, there are so many differing opinions, and the church says one thing and secular says another. Donna, why is there such a contention around the subject of Halloween? As far as actually how we arrived at so many different opinions, and by the way, also so many variations of origin stories regarding Halloween, All Saints Day, all Halloween, Sam Hain, Sawin, all these different names and what do they mean? So the very beginning origin goes back to the Celts. The original Celtic Sawin, which is the Celtic word that re- represents summer's end. Okay. What they would do, they'd have this this giant annual festival. There were animal sacrifices, obviously blood sacrifices, and they believed that this was the night per year or the the two nights per year, depending on the variation of where they lived and where they migrated from, that the veil between the living and the dead dropped and the spirits of dead ancestors or evil spirits or whatever was able to walk among the living. Now, where we get things like costumes, trick-or-treating and stuff like that, this is where you break down into so many different variations where Sweden does it that way and America does it this way and all these things because the original Celtics we're dealing with various food famines and different things that ended up having them migrate to different areas. Well, they brought their traditions with them. So globally, wherever they landed, there would be a merger of what that particular country culture thought was okay and what their traditions were. And this is why when somebody says, what is the origin of Halloween? Everybody goes, duh, because it depends (laughs) on where you're from and what you've heard. But the original Celtic Halloween, Halloween, Samhain, This was the summer's end celebration. The veil was lifted. The spirits of the dead and the evil spirits would wander the earth along with the living. You had costumes happening, or as they refer to in a lot of Halloween literature, guising, like disguising yourself. The purpose of the Halloween costume was so that you could exit your home and blend in with the spirits on that night. So this is why the costumes are so often seen more historically to be witches, goblins, all things dark. You are trying to blend in with the evil spirits or the jinn as you're going from place to place. Now, the reason that you would go from place to place in order to keep the evil spirits to ward them off, to get them to leave you alone in a lot of these ancient variations of the the origins of trick-or-treating and things like that, is you would either make an offering to them, you'd make okay. a sacrifice offering to them, you'd leave nuts or a buffet of whatever kind of treats. If you were wealthy, you had a bunch of things, mm-hmm. you'd leave them outside on your porch or you'd leave them in your backyard or wherever you believe that they would congregate. And if there's an offering left for them, you'd leave them alone. But a lot of the poor people could not afford this sort of a thing. So they would go door to door and they would beg for some kind of an offering that they could leave on their doorstep. So that the spirits would leave them alone. So that the spirits would leave them alone. Now, this was later Christianized because there's going to be a lot of people sitting here going, no, that is not the origins of trick-or-treating. That was the soul cakes. So let me explain that briefly. (laughs) It was Christianized. At some point early on, Gregory Pope III decided that Halloween was going to be kind of reset over here in May, having nothing to do with fall. Okay. And it was going to be All Saints Day where we're going to pray for the spirits of those who have departed, depending on one's theology, various levels of heaven or whatever. We're going to pray for the souls that they'll be accepted by Christ or this, that, or the other, all these different kind of 
denominations of Christianity kind of vying for who was going to own Halloween. And so they would dress in white robes. They would go door to door and say, I will pray for the souls of your departed in exchange for cakes that I can take home to mama or ale or medicine or whatever the case may be. That was the Christianized version. But then later on, Pope Gregory III's idea of switching everything to uh, May didn't quite work out. Everybody said, no, the All Saints Day, Day of the Dead is happening in fall. So again, we had this merger. But if you look back at the very origins of all of the traditions of Halloween, they started with some very, very dark ideas, blending in with the dead, trick-or-treating so that you can obtain what you need to obtain so you can leave a sacrifice for the evil spirits so that you can be left alone. Bobbing for apples was actually an early matchmaking game. Oh, I didn't know that. That's very interesting. An early matchmaking (laughs) game, you know, there would be... 10 red apples and one green one representing your crush Bob or whatever, and they'd put it in there. And if you could catch the apple on the very first time, then you were matched with Bob. He's going to work out. Yay. If you oh. didn't catch it, it's bad luck or whatever. But what a lot of people... You didn't get your guy. A lot of people don't understand that in the very, very root of the apple, I'm not saying an apple is evil. I eat apples all the time. But in association to Halloween, the apple's kind of a sacred demonic kind of a symbol for a like lot where all of the people. poison apples come from basically right not just poison yeah i mean razor blades poison a lot of creepy stuff happens mm-hmm. certain people will cut the ap- apple right down the center and look at it and it shows the pentagram there's all these weird things that occur with apples but a lot mm-hmm. of it has ties to the idea of the forbidden fruit no okay. we're not saying the forbidden fruit was an apple dear lord <laughs> <laughs> The associations to it. You also have the jack-o'-lantern, this idea that Stingy Jack uh, tricked the devil. He made a deal with the devil and he tricked him and then he, it wouldn't work out for him to go to heaven because he did this bad thing. It's a long story. But when he tricks the devil, the devil gets mad so he can't go to hell either. So when he passes into the, the other world, he wanders the lands with a lantern, Jack of the Lantern. Gotcha. He wanders around with the lantern, the big giant radish thing that later on became a pumpkin, <laughs> but he's wandering the earth. And so if you build a jack-o'-lantern with a scary face on it, you'll ward away Jack from the front of your porch. So there's all these different things that blend into our current culture. What's the mm-hmm. point? What do we do? Because we as Christians, how do we respond to this idea that if we let our kid go trick-or-treating, they're actually reenacting a very pagan, sacrificed kind of thing. So some people will look at that and go, it's a matter of heart. My kid is not out there doing a pagan Mm -hmm. sacrifice. They're dressed like a ballerina and they're going from door to door. Or they're dressed like a cow. (laughs) (laughs) Or a puppy. Or a dinosaur. Something totally innocent. (laughs) They're not trying to blend in with spirits. They're not trying to do a pagan thing. We have to make the same same decision about egg hunts at Easter. Mm -hmm. And when I get to Easter, you probably are not going to like what I have to say about that (laughs) one. Boy, that one offends me. At least Halloween is blatantly evil, right? I mean, like anybody in the church, they Jesus, ghosts and whisper. Yeah, yeah. So what do we do as Christians? How do we dissociate from... Well, and as parents too, what, what do we as parents, do we allow our children to participate, you know? Unfortunately... It's not as easy as to say, well, instead of doing trick-or-treat, do a trunk-or-treat. I mean, it's 
relatively the same thing. You're redressing the right, idea. You're switching a door for a trunk. The, <laughs> the issue is more how do you respond to being in the world but not of the world? Yeah. There's no pat answer. There's no Donna Howell says we can't do this, but we can do this. It is right. a matter of what you are personally convicted about. But once you know that what you're doing is a reenactment of a pagan idea, are you convicted about that? If yes, yeah. then it would be a sin yeah. to continue. Yes. But being in the world and not of the world mm -hmm. requires us to go to God with that conviction and specifically seek the Lord in the matter and say, should we do something else? Right. So why don't we throw out a couple of different ideas as to possible alternative ideas to trick-or-treating jack-o'-lanterns, the right. scary cat, the witch, all of that. I mean, how can we potentially approach the holiday differently? Well, and when I was a kid growing up, we didn't always call them a Halloween party. We mm -hmm. called it, you know, harvest a harvest party, party, a party or a fall party. So the church would semi-participate that we were in, but they wouldn't fully embrace as much like the trunk or treat yeah. type thing, which has become more of a, a thing that people do now. But kids could get dressed up and there was still candy, but they did more wholesome games and different things like that. And you wouldn't like go up and say trick or treat necessarily you would go and they would just have like little buckets of candy that were pre-stuffed that you would take. There was like the fishing pole you throw over a curtain and it comes back with a prize mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah. there was a cakewalk. And the idea behind this was that the church is saying, these kids are going to go out on Halloween night and get candy somewhere. Yeah. If it's the most evil night of the world, why would the church be closed? Yeah. And so that's, that's good. an yeah. understandable so, psychology, you know, from which absolutely. to approach that idea. Then other people are saying, we're the church, we represent God. Why would we have anything to do with this holiday and so literally where do you draw the line on that when you're thinking about kids in your community who that might be the only time of the year they enter your church mm -hmm. are you going to lock the door like yeah i mean it really is right. yeah it's a, a great complicated question i actually had a completely different upbringing than i'm assuming all of you guys <laughs> on the panel i grew up in a non-christian household I was not told the ways of Jesus. I did not come to Jesus until later in my years. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a very big culture of Halloween was my family's biggest holiday. Right. And we threw parties. We, I mean, full out. We loved it to an extent. It is still my favorite holiday because I have such good, good memories, memories of it. With yeah. it. But now growing up and now being part of this, you know, Christian community and seeing the ways of Halloween, I do have to question myself, especially now that I'm a parent. Do I? I let my child celebrate it. Mm -hmm. And how does this, you know, coincide with being a Christian and still, you know, celebrating this Halloween and this holiday? It's very confusing for somebody who's coming into the Christian world Absolutely. and, you know, trying to, you know, balance. discover and balance right from wrong. And how do we approach these sensitive subjects? Well, and I think that's why it's so important what Donna just said a few minutes ago, though, about being not of the world, what's conviction for you? So that's mm -hmm. kind of where you have to figure out, well, right. what's my gut telling me? What should I be doing for my family? What's best for my family? Is my child really young still? And do I want her dressing up as a witch? Do I want her dressing up as a skeleton? Do I want her dressing up? And I know you've talked about mm -hmm. the whole sexualizing of yeah, yeah, Halloween like, costumes yeah, and all of that too. It's like, well, do I want my preteen wearing a sexy costume mm -hmm. on Halloween? As you get into 
you know, talking about this as a parent and we're all talking about little kids. But then there's this whole other yeah. element that when your kids yeah. become teenagers, they're getting invited to Halloween parties. What's going on at those parties? Because what's Absolutely. an innocent game to some people mm -hmm. can be you're dabbling in the spirit realm. And of yes. course, yep. that's happening at a Halloween party. Are you playing levitation games? Yep. Are you messing with a Ouija board? And then there's an entire psychology behind the kinds of costumes that these girls, it's the night of the year. You get to try on a completely different identity. And mm -hmm. if it is not anything like what you should be or what God would have you to be or what your parents want you to be or whatever, you still get to play with it for that one night and mm -hmm. see whether or not it sticks. And so a lot of these costumes are really sexy and there's a, there's a reason yeah. behind it. There's a psychology oh, behind of course. it. Oh, and yeah. you know, if the girl tries that on for a day and she likes people's response to her, yep. especially if she needs affirmation and she's got yep. self-esteem issues or just whatever that makes her crave that attention. And it's also a that peer pressure stick. thing as well, because I know, you know, a lot of high school girls, it's this whole stigma of you have to dress sexy and you have to, you know, wear the short skirts and all of this. Otherwise, you're not going to be cool enough to hang out with us. Why would you dress like a clown or something that teenagers think is lame if you can come dressed, you know, as the Playboy Bunny or something, some super right. sexy kitten costume or, yeah. you know, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on girls in some <laughs> realms of the teenage social society. This is who's going to bring their A game, who's going to have the sexiest yep, costume exactly. on. You know, who's going to get the most attention from all of the boys or exactly everybody else or be the talk of everybody uh -huh. else. Mm -hmm. So Donna... You had mentioned, too, some other ideas possibly of what people can do or what the church can do to minister mm -hmm. on this night instead of doing Halloween parties. Yeah. Well, now, see, think about costumes for a minute. We have costume parties that are unrelated yeah. to Halloween all the time. Yeah. We have costume birthday parties and yeah. dress-up days with our girls. And the idea of a costume is not intrinsically wrong by itself. Of course. If I were the pastor of a church... Uh, or married to one, my, my approach to the subject would not be to prohibit costumes, but to say, we're church, so for the sake of being a light to the world, we're going to put some rules on the costumes. Yeah. No witches, no devils, no whatever. Nothing sexy, no Playboy bunnies. If you're coming <laughs> as Alice in Wonderland, your hemline needs to be at the at knees. At your knees. Not <laughs> at, 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 at the hip <laughs> So there's these alternative ideas. Now, as far as doing the trick-or-treat idea, Allie, you and I, we grew up in the same household, and so we did have harvest party or yep. fall party. And what the churches did was they would set up little game booths yep. all throughout the gymnasium or the sanctuary. And every one of them was a fun little thing, a cakewalker, yep. you know, go fishing over the, mm -hmm. over the curtain. And to we'll, see what you'll catch. We'll, yeah. Toss, toss, yeah. All of these different things that they would do. There were no scary things. It's happened on Halloween night. Yeah, specifically usually. so that we would yes. be there instead of trick-or-treating. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, it was actually a lot more fun. This alternative idea was way more fun anyway, yeah. because my parents could relax. I'm not going to get a razor blade and an apple. I'm not going to get something poisoned. The right. candy can be absolutely trusted because it was all yeah. purchased by the church or people mm -hmm. in the church. Yeah. There was nothing sexy, demonic. It was just this entirely alternative idea. A friend of ours, Sharice, earlier today said that there was a rockathon she did with, I'm assuming, her teenagers, youth, yeah. her mm -hmm. youth group, where they get together and, and they rock out with Christian music, mm -hmm. whatever the, the case may be. If you don't like these ideas, meet with your staff at church and start putting this out there. Okay, the origins of Halloween are pretty dark. 
how can we be a light to the world and yet still operate and function in a way that is pleasing to the Lord? And unfortunately, I think that a lot of churches have moved to the idea of trunk or treat because it's really hard to plan. Churches are so shorthanded mm -hmm. and understaffed and people that can give some of their time might say, I'm willing to bring my trunk and decorate it and buy a bunch of candy. But it's a whole different thing to find a fishing pole and a curtain for this little fishing game we're talking about. And how many, who's going to bring all the bottles and the ring top? Like that's a lot to coordinate. Yeah. They spent a lot of time planning these things. And I have to say that back when we were kids, I think there were more stay home moms planning some of this stuff. Probably. And so unfortunately they're working probably with fewer people and less resources. And maybe the trunk or treat could be morphed into something more like what we're talking about, or I don't really know. But the idea is I think churches across the board right now are just dealing with being spread a lot more thin than they used to be. Well, that, so and I think hard. a lot of church buildings in themselves have gotten a little bit smaller because instead of having a bigger area that's a bigger church per se, they do two or three services a day and then different families come at different times. So if they know they're going to have an influx of so many people, it's easier to host part of it inside of the church as well as in the parking lot or whatever. Then it makes it a little bit easier. And I know a lot of churches do this as an outreach, but then also gives parents a safe place to take their kids, yeah. like you were saying, yeah, no the kids aren't going to get a poison candy bar mm -hmm. or there's not going to be something nefarious. Or, or kidnapped or in a dark alleyway between the in between the churches. Yeah, it is a good tool to reach people and bring them in and say, hey, this is what we offer. This is what we do. So it's a great opportunity. I think that's the thing that you have to think about is that it, it, it can be a tool and it can be a great opportunity. On that note, we do need to take a very quick break. We'll be right back. Start your brisk autumn morning off right with our cup of theology coffee, our hot tea, and a great read. In this exclusive fall package, you will receive the groundbreaking book Radicals by Reverend Donna Howell that outlines how the body of Christ is headed towards a great spiritual awakening. The Simply His Cup of Theology Premium Ground Coffee, Lemongrass Ginger Loose Leaf Tea, and Donna's classy yet fun Simply His Orange Mug. Our fair trade certified organic cup of theology medium roast coffee has hints of brown sugar and orange zest, making it a decadent and refreshing cup of coffee in our ceramic, sleek black exterior Simply His orange coffee mug with a 16 ounce capacity to get your day started off on the right note. You'll also receive our Simply His Thai Lemongrass Ginger Loose Leaf Tea filled with a tangy and herbal blend of light ginger and sweet citrus fruit notes. Our loose leaf teas are carefully crafted, so only the best delicious tea blends make it into your cup. Don't forget, all of our coffees and teas are clean and organically grown. This is important as most coffees and teas are considered to be some of the dirtiest consumables when it comes to chemicals like glyphosate, herbicides, and pesticides. In the revolutionary book, Radicals, Why Tomorrow Belongs to Post-Denominational Christians Infused with Supernatural Power, best-selling author, Reverend Donna Howell speaks of how we, as the followers of Christ, are radicals for God when we truly follow His voice. In this book, you will learn modern trials facing the body of Christ and the eerie similarities they hold to the trials of the early church and why we are commanded to count them as joy, why we must get serious about overcoming them individually and corporately, and the role that plays in the stunning Great Commission in the Rahabs of today. So start your morning off right with the Simply His Radicals Fall Package. 
This has a retail value of over $50, now yours for only $37. Get out your phone and scan the QR code on the screen or visit skywatchtvstore.com or call 1-844-750-4985. Start your morning off right with the Simply His Radicals Fall Package. Welcome back to the Simply His Coffee Shop. We are continuing our conversation on Halloween, and it's been quite interesting, hasn't it? It's a great discussion. So let's get back to why do we say trick-or-treat? What is... Right. That. It would take more time than we have for me to collapse exactly all the different countries and the mm -hmm. different exchanges. But let's just say, as a blanket statement, the very earliest forms of trick or treat could be today rephrased as give me something to sacrifice to these evil spirits, or we're going to prank you. And by prank, I mean we're, depending on where you're from and what country mm -hmm. this evolved in, it means we're going to burn your house down. We, when we say trick or treat, Nowadays, a trick might be, you know, we're going to egg your front yard. Right. But the pranks, as they grew up in ancient societies peppered all over the globe, were sometimes excruciatingly severe, up to the oh. point of murder. And so today we think, well, who's pranking who? It's not that big mm -hmm. of a deal to egg somebody's house. No, no. I literally just heard a little while ago today that one of the pranks that could be going on this year is THC in candies that they're giving to children, literally making your child high on marijuana or this whatever Delta right. 9 hemp, whatever it is. I mean, that's, I just found that out today that that's something that we are supposed to expect this year. No, I understand where you're coming from, Donna, because you look at social media, we have TikTok, yep. we have, you know, all these different things coming out. And a lot of these things, you have different challenges, uh. you know, it wouldn't be surprising if come Halloween time or come close to that, you see all these new challenges arising on TikTok and yep. social media of, you know, teenagers being challenged to go prank their neighbor, go, you know, mm -hmm. egg this or do whatever. And it wouldn't surprise me if they continue continuously just get worse you know <sighs> this is something that's that's definitely a thing and people need to be aware of and be watching your teenagers for mm -hmm. you know yeah and I'm a big big one that constantly talks about this I'm like please know what your children are watching on TikTok mm -hmm. what they're doing on social media know what your kids are in tune with because even if you don't give them a phone, that doesn't mean they're not having access to it because the kids at school mm -hmm. are showing it to them. Even if it's a Christian school, that doesn't mean that they're not going to get exposed to some of this and it could become an issue. It's just terrifying. Mm -hmm. it is in terrifying. this day and age, it's terrifying yeah. to be a parent because mm -hmm. you constantly have things that you're looking out for to keep your children safe. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the sexy costumes, it's who's hosting the party, mm -hmm. who's mm -hmm. who's what gonna be there. It's just yeah. crazy. Is the party gonna be supervised? Because like not even Halloween, the regular teenage parties where there's all kinds of stuff going on that, you know. And teenagers are so sneaky. I'm sorry, I will tattle on myself. <laughs> but like, I know some of the stuff that I did in high school before I met Jesus, let's be honest here. <laughs> Looking back now, I'm like, why did I do that? And where was my parents? Like, mm -hmm. I got away with a lot of stuff. Looking back, I'm going, my my parents should have been more commutative to me, and they should have been looking out. Right. You know, so be the parent. Be, you know, be looking, you know. Teenagers are so sneaky. <laughs> yeah. And it's so, so many things to be vigilant about as well. Like, especially when you consider the modern technology and the way the 
capability for deceit has evolved. Stuff that I'm thinking, I'm watching, I'm keeping an eye on everything because I know where all the windows are and all the doors so my kid's not sneaking out. It doesn't even occur to me what could be happening from their phone unless I'm made aware of that. Mm -hmm. A lot of New parents technology. aren't even aware of the stuff that's available. This calculator app. Uh, that, yes. What does it do? Remind me. You, you put in a certain number mm -hmm. and it brings up what? A bunch it, of pornography? Well, it can, yeah. It's basically a hidden app that performs like an actual calculator unless you put in the correct code. And then it opens up basically a community of who knows who and who knows what. So there's all kinds oh, of portals that they can come into. And that's my conference presentation from for last screen, year. Yeah. Yeah. So my point is, even when parents are trying to watch, if mm -hmm. they don't know what they're watching for, they're still only yeah. halfway there, unfortunately. This, new, it's this new technology brings a whole new playing field. Mm -hmm. yes. A whole new playing field to parenting, to raising teenagers especially, you know, now that. And people are giving, you know, young children phones a lot earlier. I didn't get a phone until I was, you know, 15 years old. And that still, I think, is young for somebody. But as we continue and as new technology becomes more modernized and becomes more of a regular thing in a family household, the younger that children get them. Oh, and yeah. the more dangerous it can be. Well, and here's another thing on one of my studies I did earlier this year. One of the fastest growing religions right now is online witchcraft covens. And so, you know, parents, as you're, as you're looking at Halloween this year, yes. are you looking at a fun little Halloween app? Sure, churches are doing harvest parties and trunk or treats and whatever, but don't think for a minute that other people aren't recruiting as well. Exactly. And so if you're as a church going to capitalize on Halloween, know that other people are as well. And as Halloween comes around as well, you know, especially with the new technology, um, you know, you Siri's always listening, let's be honest here. <laughs> but you'd be surprised what pops on, on your phone. As Halloween comes near, you're going to see more, you know, join this and join yeah, that. And right. this is about, you know, witchcraft and all this. But it's okay. We're going to make it and play it out like it's a fun game. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a, a club. club. It's, it's a club. It's, it's a new fad. It's a new trend. Mm -hmm. Yes. And once again, we, we go back to this stigma and this pressure of, you know, teenagers following in this path to make them look cool. Because if we're not doing this we're not being like the cool kids, then we're not going to be fun. We're not going to... my status? And what yeah, it's really exactly. all about, when you really come down to it, is the need to belong. Yes. yes. Is the need for community yes. with, one of, yep. with one another. The fact that we were made in the image of God for communion with each other and with God. Mm -hmm. And when that's not being met, mm -hmm. kids will look until they find it. And, and believe me, and there are people out there to, this reverts that will meet back that to need falling back into church. What can the churches do to reach out to teenagers, yes. to our kids, to mm -hmm. get them involved, mm -hmm. yes. to keep it in a safe way? Absolutely. Well, and also show balance. I mean, yes. earlier we said, you know, put a rule on your church about costumes. That obviously applies to the pastoral staff and the, and the worship leaders. The members, and the, the, yeah. You know, if you've got a Halloween party that you're calling a harvest party or whatever going on at your church, don't turn away the five-year-old who's dressed as a witch. Yeah. Right. Figure out what your response plan, your Absolutely. emergency action plan is going to be to respond to whatever kind of things that your community brings to yes. your door. And on that note, maybe don't turn away the teenage girl that shows up in something sexy. No doubt. I realize that, you know, you might need to, men might need to shield their eyes. But yeah. seriously, if she came to your church, yeah. she's looking for something. Use it she's as an looking for something that's probably yes. not candy. That's yes. right. Yeah. Yes. Use it as that opportunity to help ministry to her and help bring Absolutely. her in. Yeah. Absolutely. Show her affirmation that doesn't have to do with what yes. she's wearing. Boy. And maybe yes. she'll come back. Oh, yes. amen to that. <laughs> yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs>
so there you have it. That is our discussion on Halloween. So maybe now you have some ideas on how you can reach the youth and the children in your community. You can always do that. Host your own party that's a safe place for your neighborhood kids to come. Thank you so much for joining us today with this discussion on Halloween. I hope you learned something and got some great ideas. Be aware of where your children are and what they're doing and who they're doing it with. That's always so, so important. Thanks again for watching. We'll see you next time in the Simply His Coffee Shop. guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.